events, and issues of Marshall County. Now here's your hosts, Kathy Bodorf and Rusty Nixon. Nice crowd, eh? yeah. They all want to get in here and get out of the rainy weather. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, most of them have been flooded out of their houses. So this is the You know, uh, that is the one thing center. that did not happen that was projected that the Yellow River was going to crest above flood stage. Yeah. Fortunately, it did not happen. Give it some time. And... Honestly, the projections out. There's a a little up and then back down, but there there is no projection to go over flood stage at all. Okay. And yeah. that could be because some of the work that uh, the Marsh County surveyor is doing in cleaning out the river and the Kankakee River Basin people for the Yellow yeah. River, they put just cleaned out that big section there by the County Line Road with Stark County. Um, where, where, remember Maggie went there and yeah, said, wow. Right on the line. Yeah. And so, the, you know, some of that work that they're doing, I think, allows the water to get away faster so that they don't fall into that problem of yeah flooding. So we'll see. I, I know somebody called me yesterday about it and they said, well, why don't they dredge, dredge the river? Well, the problem is... And I've gone to enough drainage board meetings now. The problem is, if we do it here in Marshall County, we're sending floodwaters on down yeah. to Stark County. Yeah. So, ideally, it would start at the end of the river, where I don't, it connects into a different river before it dumps into the Mississippi. Well, I don't remember. But anyway, it needs to start like... At the Mississippi and work its way back up this way. Right. So that we're not then flooding other people. Yeah. So it'll be interesting. But uh, yeah, now the Tippecanoe River is above flood stage. Okay. Um, and in fact, it, it came from uh, EMA yesterday. Um, the Tippecanoe River is currently, now this was yesterday, and I tried to get on and find the update, but I couldn't find it. It's currently at 13.8 feet, which is still within the moderate flood stage. So okay. they haven't gone to a high flood stage. The Yellow River is at 10.2 feet, not even close to a flood stage. Okay. But because of frozen ground and that fast thaw we had yesterday, which is going to continue today, and the rain that is happening today already yeah there are a number of roads county roads that are closed um and they updated the list this morning and i looked at it for the news story it was the same list so well you mentioned the it county. hasn't got any better and we have kevin obermeyer on the line Whoa. kevin how are you i figure i better call in before mike comes on so we don't have an illegal meeting okay <laughs> well there you go hey i just you're talking about the Yellow River and the Kankakee, and yeah, uh, I, I think that's been a lot of help on the Yellow River of the work that the Kankakee River Basin Commission has been doing 
especially in a lot of areas over in Stark County and down through Jasper and all the way to the Illinois line, cleaning, <clears throat> cleaning bridges and getting debris out of the river. So I, I think you're seeing some effects of that ri River Basin Commission doing work to help alleviate the flooding problems in the Yellow River and the Kankakee. I know Scott Pelath, who is the head of the Kankakee River Basin Commission, he's been um, viewing the uh, Yellow River, and he's just rather amazed that it hasn't gotten to that flood stage that has been predicted. But again, I think it goes back to the work at our drainage board in conjunction with the KRBC board um, has alleviated a lot of problems up and down both rivers. Because I know I went to Michigan City Sunday and I went down 30 over the Kankakee, you know, just on the other, in uh, LaPorte County over there, or Stark County, and the Kankakee was still in its banks. So that says a lot right there, yeah. especially with all the flooding and rain. So, um, so it's been it's been working, and hopefully we will continue to keep on uh, addressing problems. Well, I know Kevin so at the drainage board meeting, uh, Craig actually showed pictures where guys were in the river with chainsaws and and trying to cut up some of the debris that they have seen in the river. That was uh, Mint City Tree Service here in Marsh County, and Craig had hired them. To float the river and and cut some up, cut some of those log jams up. I know we always get phone calls about uh, log jams at some of the abutments that uh, across the Yellow River of blocking, so people can't kayak. And so, you know, we've been pretty diligent about keeping that river clean. And last spring we had that excavator that was floating down the Yellow River. I think they put it up at Hickory Road and went down a couple miles and got some more log jams out. So, uh, again, I, I think you can see the, the help that we've been giving both of those water basins. Yep, definitely. So, I just wanted to call in, and at least before Mike got on there. <laughs> Perfect. We're glad you okay. did. All right. Thanks, Kev. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Now, why, you know, we talk, I mean, things are getting better, but there are still probably oh, yeah. Yeah. 20 roads in the county that are closed. Um, actually, Cedar Road from 9B to 8th Road is closed because of a sinkhole. So if you're driving along, you think, well, that water's not too deep. I'll go around this barricade so I can get home faster. And you drive that water, you can't see that sinkhole. Right. I, I don't know... If you're driving along and you're, if it's big enough that your front tire will fall in or your whole car might fall in, but you can't see it until you're in it. So that's another reason why they are trying to get people to be careful. Yeah. Uh, Never a good idea to drive through standing water no matter what. Not really. Um, but I did get the, yesterday afternoon a post uh, from the EMA director from the National Weather Service talking about a winter weather event that's going to begin Thursday evening into early Friday morning. Um, the latest, this came at 8 o'clock this morning, this will not be a major 
winter storm event. The National Weather Service is projecting two to four inches with some isolated locations receiving five inches of snow. Dropping temperatures Wednesday will freeze water standing on roadways and low-lying areas, which that causes, then you get snow on top of right. the ice. That causes, you know, hazardous slick roadways um, that should be Thursday evening and early on Friday morning. Road conditions could lead to additional slide-offs and some accidents. So give yourself some extra time Wednesday night. No, Yes, Wednesday night into Thursday morning because of the weather. Right. I, I think I instead of leaving Thursday morning, I think I might leave Wednesday at evening. Yeah, you know, it might not be a bad idea. Get out of here before might the weather not, comes might in. Might not be a bad idea. Rusty, I have a, I, you know, there's a favorite, a favorite button that you like to push. You mean this one? And now here with breaking news, Kathy Potter. Uh, we want to congratulate somebody here in this spot right now. Um, Nancy Ames is the purchasing manager at LaSalle Bristol Manufacturing. Mm -hmm. And today has 40 years of service with LaSalle Br Bristol. So congratulations to Nancy on 40 years with the same company. You know, that's a, amazing. A lot of these youngsters that we have and everything now will never have things like that because they just don't. They're not dedicated to the business. No. All they are concerned about is the money in their pocket. Well, yeah. <laughs> I know, I know, but it's a different lifestyle these days, Kath. It it definitely is, but different way of thinking about what your life should be, and you know, whatever. Yes, but, <laughs> but. No, it's a, that, even without dedication, I mean, that that's an accomplishment beyond. Definitely. That, that's True. definitely a major yes. thing. So congratulations to Nancy Absolutely. Ames. 40 years of service with LaSalle Bristol. That That's fantastic. Yeah, congratulations. It is, it is amazing. Because <laughs> even the fact that you are healthy enough to work someplace 40 <laughs> years. I mean, think about it. I haven't been in this business 40 years. And I'm sitting here looking at... Not I even mean, in the off and on interim? Uh, no. Wow. No. Um, a little bit less. I didn't really... You know, I spent my 20s doing things that... Well, I was trying. Twenty-year-olds do. I was trying to be an actor, and so I was okay. taking whatever odd job I could get. So about thirty, thirty-five or so, I got okay. into this. So, yeah, it's been uh, less than forty. So, yeah. Nancy, you got me beat, but I'm I'm going to stay at it. I'm sure <laughs> my bills are telling me I'm going to stay at it yeah, until I get to forty-two. Well, I, it's just, I thought it was a neat thing. Yeah, it is. So I just really wanted to congratulate her on that. And if anybody else has somebody out there, um, well, I won't be able to find it now. I know John Grolick was recognized recently for 50 years of service to the fire, to the fire service oh, from okay. multiple departments, but 50 years of service. Um, I got something. Remind me to ask you something off the uh, <laughs> off the air. I'm supposed to remember. Um, yeah, one of us should. 
Okay. Um, let's see. Dwayne, how are you? Hey, good morning. Hey, I just want to tell Kathy congrats on her grandson winning the state wrestling champ. He actually, what he won was for the upper states. So um, that they do like a region thing. So he is that region's winner. He's actually going to wrestle this Friday and Saturday in their, what we would consider our IHSA state tournament. Um, he still okay, has one more biggie to go. But, yeah, we're right, really proud of him. Good for you. Yeah. Well, thank you. We appreciate it. All right. Proud grandma here. Yep, you uh, bet. You got it. Well, you got a right to be. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, congrats. Yep. Thank you, Dwayne. All right. I got to get back to my pie. All, All right. right. There you go. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Okay. All right. Ouch. Yes. I, I, I'm i going to my grandson's wrestling this weekend. Um, he's, he's wrestling in the South Carolina State Championship, and... Um, he's going for his fourth state title in 5A. Yeah. Their wrestling is class wrestling, and he's well, in a 5A. The schools which, are enormously larger big, in some yes. cases. You know, the crazy part is that this is a, a big school, but they only have two seniors on the team. Well, and my grandson's one of them. So Wrestling takes a different animal. It, it is. It definitely, and it, you, you had to have some true dedication I mean, it's not just the bulking up and, and being muscular and physical that way. Oh, it's... But no. it's a lot more than that. It's learning these holds and what to do if this happens and that happens and that. But it's also a dedication to your weight because you are weighed before you go to these things and you have to make weight. So there could be times where, you know, two or three days before you're not basically eating anything to get your weight down. If you've gotten out of range, right. so I know that uh, when I was a swimmer, we used to get it. We had our morning practices. We'd have them together with the wrestlers in the weight room, and I remember thinking about how we were insane. I mean, as <laughs> we, the things we did were ridiculous. The the level of training you have to do, and then when we'd work out with them, it's like, nah, they're crazier than we are. They're a <laughs> lot crazier than we are. Uh, you got to push yourself to the absolute limit, and yep. um, it's uh, and that okay. I want to mention real quickly. Uh, we had a Plymouth kid was the only qualifier for the state last weekend, Brady Pittman, and I want to send out. You know, he Kudos. got he got sick and could not wrestle oh. last weekend. Oh so, my you know, gosh! I, I don't horrible. know how to say it, dude. We got your back. We understand how disappointing that could have oh, been, but yes. we're still proud of you. Um, but he was the only guy in the area to qualify for the mm. state tournament and then couldn't go. I mean, um, we had his coach on last Saturday on Coach's Corner. He said, yeah, Monday he was sick, still came in and practiced. Tuesday he was sick enough he had to go to the doctor. Wednesday he was still telling me he's going to do it. And then Thursday was just like, I, there's no chance in the world. Like, oh. So, unfortunately, he didn't get to wrestle, but... You know, we're still proud of you, man. Yep. Still proud of what you did. Definitely. Yeah. It's, you know, not many people do it. Yeah. One of the kids from. Well, he's a senior, too, which makes uh, it worse. Yes. Yeah. Penn High School um, actually had been wrestling with David in South Carolina. And the one day 
uh, ran into his dad, and, I, and he might have had an IU shirt on, I think is what he had on. I was like, uh, an IU shirt? Ma'am. Where are you from? He grew up in La Paz. <laughs> Or Lakeville. He grew up in Lakeville. Yeah. It's like, you, you got to be kidding. His And his son was wrestling with David. Yeah. Um, and his son went to the state finals. Um, ended up in third place. Yeah. So he's a senior this year, too. So, But there's more news than that. The Marsh County uh, Fair Association on Friday held an event to unveil their new logo and their rededication of the community center that right. was built down there wanting people to know that the the center is a fantastic place that you can rent it out for community events for weddings proms business meetings fundraisers and more so let's just say your organization wants to do uh, a chili supper mm -hmm. you can do it there because they have a kitchen set up yeah so you could actually warm it there or cook it there and serve it there in their dining room. Um, so they're they're promoting it as Gallery on West. Okay. Which it sits on West Street. Now for what they consider West Street. For you and I, it's in the middle of the fairgrounds as far yeah. as I'm concerned. But it's kind but, of on the west side of, of yeah. Argus. And, and so uh, Jim Grewonk, who is the president of the fair board, said, you know, they've discussed uh, doing something with that here in Marshall County to and make it more wearable. So they're kind of working hand in hand with uh, the Heartland Artist Gallery. So at the premiere opening on Friday evening, they actually did have an art show from the Heartland oh, cool. Artist Gallery down there, yeah. too. So, but uh, no longer will it be called the community building at the 4-H fairgrounds, it will because some people right now, if we, in fact, it's going to be a voting site. And oh, if okay. you said Gallery on the West yeah. event, people would be going, Gallery on the West? Where's that? What is that? You know, so it's still going to get dubbed yeah. the community center at the fairgrounds. Yeah. But congratulations to them um, and on that event. And thank yes. you to um, the the Red Door Marketing firm because they actually sent me the logo they worked with uh the fair board on this but i couldn't go to that event because it was friday evening and i typically have a friday evening date every friday evening <laughs> but this friday evening i had a date with some people about 100 people from the plymouth speedway oh. as they held their racers banquet so oh i thought you were going to tell me you had a date with destiny uh, no, that was on Saturday. Oh, then okay. I, Laura and Kevin and Jim and I all went out on Saturday. Very good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, more news. Let's see. Did I tell, say we're going to have a guest today? Yes. Okay. But did. you didn't tell us who. Oh. Kevin did. Oh, that's well sorted. <laughs> yes, he did. Um, yes, Mike Burroughs will be our guest coming up. Yeah. Uh, the Plymouth Board of Public Works and Safety met a couple a week or so ago, and uh, the new Plymouth Clerk Treasurer Lynn Gorski presented uh, a, a request for exemption from City Ordinance 1309 for the Kiwanis Club. The Kiwanis Club annually conducts a fundraiser uh, for Riley's Children's Hospital, 
by handing out peanuts. You know, they, you give them the money in your cigarette or your ashtray in your car or your cup holder. Now it's more of a cup holder. That, do they even have ashtrays in cars? Anymore? I doubt it. I really doubt that they do. I don't. I Well, obviously, I haven't driven a new car in a long time. Yeah, but, uh, I, I highly doubt it. I don't think they do. I know my car doesn't. I'm going to have to But it look. does have little holders here and there. Oh, I mean, sure. I actually have Cup holders a chain of change, change holders. Holder. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So you wipe out your change holder, give it to them for Riley's Children's Hospital, and they will give you some peanuts. And guess what? They are have expanded. They'll actually give you some gummies, gummy Ooh. bears, too. So you get your choice of peanuts or gummy bears. Some people might have a peanut allergy. So, but they 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 are wanting to stand at the four corners on Friday, May twentieth, from noon until six p.m., and on Saturday, May twenty-first, from eight a.m. until noon. So all the proceeds from the peanuts and the gummy bears go to Riley's Children's Hospital. Very good. So congratulations to them yeah. and and good luck. We will try and remind people. When it gets closer to May. All right. I should be able to remember that because it's my birthday, but there's no guarantee. Yeah. Okay, we have confirmation. Yes? From Bob. Well, we should we should hit the... Uh... There's no ashray in his car. Back to you, Kevin. Okay, good deal. Now we know it. They don't have ashtrays. Yeah. But I bet he has a change holder. I bet he does, too. Yes. And don't text while you're driving. <laughs> oh, we have we have that text go or that message going actually. Yeah. Um also uh from the commissioner's meeting yesterday, Deb Vandermark, who is the clerk, uh appeared before the commissioners with an updated vote centers for the May third primary. So they've been looking at locations, um and they've had they've had a few things happen. Over in Bremen, they actually have been using the Missionary Church in Bremen High School. Uh, it was brought to their attention that when you're doing those early votings, the two Saturdays before Election Day, the state statute says they must be conducted in the same location where your Election Day voting is happening. And so... Um, they are moving out of the missionary church and they are going to the Pines, which they went to the Pines during COVID last time and it was very well received. I mean, people liked the location. They especially liked the large parking lot that was available for people. So, um, and the Pines will allow them to do the two Saturdays before there too. So that's the change there. Uh, and then... There is a change here in Plymouth because at the armory, there have been a lot of struggles because of COVID. And you kind of on pins and needles, are they going to let us in? Are they not? Right. I mean, it comes yeah. down to the very last minute. And so they are moving out and away from the armory. And they're just actually going down the street a little bit. They are going to the Life Enrichment Center, which is over on Harrison yeah, just Street. So road. just... If you went through the park, that you'd be right there, yep. which makes it very easy. They have a sure. nice parking lot. They're handicap accessible, yep. so it all works. So that's going to be happening here in Plymouth. And the final change is the vote centers. Um, 
oh, in Argus. That one, too, is being moved to the community building at the Argus Fairgrounds, okay, which is dude. now called the something west, something on west. You just gallery, gallery you on said west. It. <laughs> I uh, have COVID brain. I can't remember crap anymore. All right, you need so, some of that Kinko Balboa. Yes, apparently. Yeah. So there are twelve vote centers. Just to remind everyone, there are twelve vote centers open around Marshall County, and. As a registered voter, you can go to any one of those that you want to. You do not have to, you're not, no longer directed to a specific location to vote. You can go to the Knights of Columbus, and if it's too busy, say, I'll go over, yeah. uh, you know, now to the Life Enrichment exactly. Center. And if that's too busy, you could go up to La Paz to the fire station. Yeah. So, I mean, there's just all kinds. You know, I live south of town. I used to have to vote at Marsh County REMC. Right. Now, I don't have to go further south if I don't sure. want. I can just vote while I'm in town up here. So, yep. The other vote centers include the Matchett Center over in Bourbon. Uh, Bremen High School is one. Uh, the Knights of Columbus here is one. Pretty Lake Church Hall is one. Marsh County REMC, the Tyner Community Building, Tippecanoe Community Building, and the Culver School Administration Building. So... And the polls are open from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. Very good. Okay. Now, you have early voting, too. Is that in the primary as well? Yes, that, okay. in the primary as well. All right. It'll be the two Saturdays prior to the May 3rd <clears throat> election. As it gets a little bit closer, uh, we'll get the dates and the locations of where uh, they're, they're, they're limited. That, uh, that one, I know, right. will be, one of them will be at the clerk's office, actually. And that's where I've done my voting, Ooh, just because you know, I always do the early voting. Found it so much easier. I don't know if it can be at the clerk's office now Now that I think about oh, it. If it don't. has to be in a vote yeah. center, the clerk's office isn't a vote center. No. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. hmm, something we'll have well, to check Well, you know, it, it kind of can't be. There's a few things going on on election day right. in the clerk's office. Yeah, they're a little busy. With they're voting in there. It might be just a tad bit distractive. I, I would say you so. Talk about, you talk about somebody <laughs> screaming about elections being rigged. You've got yes. all of that going on in the same room. I don't know how you could. Those folks in the clerk's office do their <laughs> duty on election day. Oh, yeah. They start like at, five, oh, at least yeah. 5 a.m. And think of the pressure of that. And I mean that you gotta make you gotta be you cannot make the slightest error on that day. No, I mean, plus gotta, we do everything now with computers, yeah. so you've got to you know. Yeah. There's got to be somebody on hand that can run over to yeah. this place, and if there's something that goes down in That's this it. one, fortunately there's multiple uh, voting machines at each location. So if that there's a problem with that one, we can put you on another one. It does seem to work out, right. but yeah. And that's a that's a that's a big job on election day. Yeah, nobody wants that job. Big job. <laughs> All right, why don't we take our first break? Cause our guest is here this morning. We can do that. I gotta. Oh, you you you've got to go well, clear over there. You know, at least he doesn't have to get off the chair anymore well, and, and get and do the it. The way I'm feeling right now, that wouldn't be a good idea anyway. <laughs> um. Gift certificate at Swan Lake. I should know this. I just need to know which one it is. Burgers this week. Woohoo! That's tonight, yep. actually. So, burger and fries, Tuesday evening at the Chop House. Every Tuesday, you get a gigantic, delicious burger. 
for six bucks, I believe it yes, is. It yes, it is. Um, and so tonight, and some sidewinder fries yeah. to go with it. Yeah, and if you uh, if you want uh, a freebie, doesn't have to be this exact Tuesday. You can nope. You can hold use it, on. it in the next thirty yep. days. Uh, I got one for you. I got a certificate for you. So let me okay roll the dice and. The dice tell me that caller number five is going to get that dinner. 574-936-4096. 574-936-4096. Caller five. Eating at the Chop House on Burger Night. Are you looking for a new hauler for trash removal? When you choose Apex Waste, there's no long-term contracts, no hidden fees, no taxes, and no hidden cost. What they say is what you pay. Apex Waste is not only a local, family-owned and operated company, but a company dedicated to reliable, friendly service, meeting and exceeding expectations. Call Apex Waste at 574-896-APEX. That's 574-896-2739. At Co-Alliance Propane, we treat our customers like neighbors because it's exactly what we are. Co-Alliance isn't some company across the country. We're across the county. We work, play, and live right here in Marshall County with programs like Summer Fill, Budget, and Fixed Price. You can choose the program that works best for you. Visit co-alliancepropane.com for more details, including 50 free gallon offers for new and existing customers. Co-Alliance Propane, seriously local. You want to know what's going on in Marshall County? Just reach for the Pilot News. Local government, people, and places. Since 1851, the Pilot News has been Marshall County's only daily local newspaper. So when you want to know what's happening around town, pick up the Pilot News. Call 936-3101 today and have everything in Marshall County delivered to your doorstep. The Pilot News. be heard give us a call now at 574-936-4096 for what's your opinion now back to kathy and rusty sarah Woo-hoo. sarah headed to the chop house wonderful burgers and don't forget tonight is burger night at the chop house it's six dollars you get a cheeseburger with your choice of cheese and they actually ask you if you want it pink or not pink on the inside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to do that. Yes. Yeah. And then on Thursdays, they have a spaghetti dinner, too, yes, out there do. for $10. So yes, they do. Check them out. All right. We have Marshall County Commissioner Mike Burroughs with us this morning. Um, and yesterday Good morning, morning. We had a county commissioner's meeting. It was a long day. And last night, we had... <laughs> The county commissioners conducted a public hearing oh, for the regional sewer district. Yeah. So 
that's where we're going to start. And then if we have time, we'll go over to the commissioner's meeting. And actually, actually, we'll have time because I was amazed. The room. Standing I got room only. Oh, yeah. I got, I got there. I left my house at 530. When I got there, there was no parking in the both lots, like the lot on north and south end. No parking there. Uh, the one that's over on the corner, the southwest corner, um, no parking in there. So I was like, I'm going down the alley. So I, I parked in the recorders. Oh, there, we, we've got that on I tape was a now. Yeah. Recorder last yeah. night. Oh, boy. She, I didn't see she's the guilty. recorder there. <laughs> oh, boy. Although I did see the assessor come in. I was like, I didn't yeah. park in her spot because yeah. I almost was going to. But, but yeah, parking there. It, it, that was, a, you know, I would never leave typically a half an hour before the meeting, but I thought, well, because I have a reserved seat. Yes. To, oh, yeah, you front, do. But I don't have a reserved parking space. I have to work on that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Talk now, to the president. Yeah. Yeah. So I think he's lost his parking space, Yes, too. he did. <laughs> he, he always searches for a place to park. Now, last night he, he could park there because the surveyor wasn't there, so... <laughs> Um, we may had to make room for the new generator when it gets here. It's on a ship somewhere out in the Pacific. Oh, um, but, uh, yeah, that took away a parking space. So uh, Kevin has graciously allowed the surveyor to continue to park where he normally parked. And Kevin's parks just, wherever he can. Yes, roaming. <laughs> Very good. Well, um, I, I'm going to venture to say that there were nearly 200 people there yes who knows i mean we were in the meeting who knows how many people were out in the hallway yeah and there i had a phone call this morning a uh, concerned citizen about um covid and related to yes. a crowded room and um the reason that we had the meeting there and i, I want to put this out there at the beginning so that everyone knows why is because idem required us to record it and so we live streamed it and we recorded it and it will be sent to IDEM. Um, we had discussed having this meeting at the high school auditorium, mm -hmm. um, but because it needed recorded uh, with yeah. comments yep. and list, we did it at the commissioner's room. So that's why we did it. The next meeting, uh, if it moves forward, uh, the petition gets sent down to IDEM. IDEM will conduct a public meeting that meeting i would assume we could move to a different location than the commissioner's room so i just want to set that story straight from the get-go it, it wasn't to keep people out no it was not <laughs> definitely not to keep people out um and there were a ton of people that did show up it was definitely standing room only along the back both sides of the walls in there it, it was a full house um and ken jones from jones Petrie and Rafinski um, gave a 45-minute presentation um, and at the beginning said this was going to be a two-hour meeting and people were going to be allowed to give their comments and he said we will actually take questions where the IDEM meeting will only be comments. Right. Um, but it, the, he would answer a question for folks. Sure. Um, and so uh, he, he kind of went through the whole from beginning to end so how he was hired through the marsh county health department um after the clean water committee 
uh, started looking into this, um, they talked to the health department. The health department got funding. I think I think it was like sixty thousand um, dollars, and he spent almost a year looking overlooking all of Marshall County, everywhere, to try and pick fifteen locations, the top fifteen locations, and um, eventually, then COVID came in, and that kind of messed things up a little bit. But it, he he got around to it, and. So you guys started talking about it, and that's when the Tyner and the Tea Garden people got in an uproar. And so eventually the commissioner said, okay, we just won't do Tyner and Tea Garden. Knock them off the list, so now we're down to 13. Um, and basically he talked about what he was looking in areas, and it had to do with lot size that a home was built. You know, here in town, your home's built... There's not a whole lot of room on either side. Mm-hmm. There's not a whole lot of room in the front. Now, you might end up with a decent backyard, but is that backyard big enough, you know, to put a septic in? Um, going out in the country, I live on a 160 by 160 lot. So I don't know. Is that an, I don't think that's an acre, but I don't know. Um, and I have a septic. I had to cut down a whole bunch of pine trees and put my septic field where they wanted, but I got it in there. Um, and if I had to do, change it, I'm sure it would go on the other side of my driveway and have to yeah. pipe it under my driveway. But, um, you know, lot size has a lot to do with it. Poor soil conditions have a lot to do with it. Um it, it was pretty interesting that he even talked about how many well or how many sewer plants that we have floating out here in this country that are have not ever been documented. They were put in prior to, um, you know, so there somebody put it in personally, um, and they just they were never documented. So the health department doesn't even know. I mean, they can drive by and guess, oh, there's a sewer there. You know, there's a sewer there. There's a sewer there. But they go back and look into their their records, and they can't even find any. Um, And then the big thing that he said is the separation between your well and your septic. And nowadays, back in the old days, they didn't pay attention to that. Now they put a... A circle around your septic or your well, and you got to be fifty feet from that. One hundred feet. Well, isn't it across the whole thing? Yes. So it's like yes. from the middle. Yeah. Yep. Fifty feet. Um, to so you got to work with your well that's on there too, and your septic. Oh, and then you got a storage building. <coughs> oh, yeah, and you got a deck on your house, and then you put a pool in the backyard. Where are you going to put this next septic field if it's going, you know, if you're going to need it? And not only your house, but <laughs> oh, your yes. neighbor's house. Yes, that you you had to put that yeah. around your well so it, I, you can't impact your neighbor's, you know, stuff. So right. it's really tough, um, and it's something that he ta- he talked a lot about. He did explain that this is a long term plan for the county that he proposed. Um, it, it's an expensive undertaking, so it could definitely be, well, he just said the one county is just getting up to the 30 year mark now and they're finishing off, uh, their final project. So 
I mean, obviously, it, it depends on money, too. Exactly. Uh, of moving forward. But the county commissioners have picked the location that they would like to see the regional sewer board work on. Right. And it all goes in order. So we held this public hearing. That's going to go together with the petition that is sent down to IDEM. IDEM's going to look at it, and then they're going to hold a public hearing to hear more about it. Then they're going to make a ruling whether we can create this regional sewer district. If it is created, then we will have a, have a seven-member board appointed. That will take some time. Once the board is appointed, they're going to have to be schooled and educated by Ken Jones on this about this whole thing and and everything about it. I mean, it's not just going to be a one-night meeting. It's going to take time for them. And then they will be the ones that actually make the determination on what project's going to come first. Not the commissioners. Not the county council. That's right. Not the health department. It'll be the trustees of the regional sewer district. There'll be four appointed by the commissioners, one appointed by the county council, and one appointment by the um, mayor. Town, yeah, the mayor of Plymouth. Um, and if we get over into the Bremen area, there would be a representative from there. And the uh, the we will probably publicize through media that we are now accepting applications once we get to that level. So if people are interested, uh, either for or against, right. um, we will entertain all all applicants. Um, but you must be from the district um, that were designated first. Um, that'll be our first representatives. And hopefully that the trustees will also see the need in yes. the lakes. Yes. So um, you could have a representative from Lake Latonka clear over to Myers Lake. Correct. You know, and the lakes in between, you could have several people there. Um, the, that they're going to be the ones that are making the decisions on on the cost of this, how much we're spending, what the monthly cost will be, all, all that kind of stuff. The commissioners will totally be out of it at that point. Correct. So The only time we will become more involved is if um, <clears throat> a neighbor across the field from where they're installing the sewer would like to be annexed into the project then the commissioners, um, from my understanding, from what Ken said last night, we would have the ability uh, to annex that that parcel into uh, the um, this zone, uh, the sewer district that is there. And and why we talk about that a little bit is because if they're going to be out around the lakes and they anticipate bringing that sewage in to the city of Plymouth, so it's going to come down a pipe along the edge of the roadway. And in some cases, it is going to come in front of somebody's front yard. Correct. Down whatever road they're going to use. It could be 11th Road or something like that. I don't know. Um, that person, was like, well, it's coming by. Yeah. And, I, you know, my sewer or my septic's been here for 20 years. I might as well just bite the bullet and, you know, hook on there. And if it's coming right down the road in front of you, why would you not? want to hook on right go you know so there that will i think that will happen yes um and i would i was totally impressed 
by the attendees in the meeting? I I don't know what I actually expected, but the meeting went so much better than what I thought it would. <laughs> it, it was um, people were respectful. Um, people had valid points. They had great questions. Ken did an amazing job. I, I think there was quite a few people that left after Ken's um, presentation because their questions were answered. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the one thing that a lot of people, and there had been a lot of misinformation uh, via social networking and, and whatever, but a lot of people thought that this would be a tax that would be paid countywide to pay for this. And it is only the people that hook up to the sewer line at their house that are going to be paying for this. So even though we have Baroque on the list, Baroque is not going to pay until it gets to them and they get service in Baroque. That's correct. So everybody who was on that list, uh, you know, they're not going to be paying now. No, and and Baroque um, might be 15 years down the road. Yes. Before we even get to Baroque. Well, they estimate this to be about a $20 million project. And so, obviously, the commissioners are going to help out a little bit on the front side of fronting some money from um, the ARP, ARP money that you have. Right. One of the things that ARP was um, clear about, as opposed to some other things, was that it could be used for broadband expansion and for um, freshwater, sewage, um, <laughs> you know, that type of thing. Yeah. And so this, this is a perfect project to get, get going on. Um, he, he did mention that he, he hopes and anticipates that they will be able to keep their monthly range somewhere between $75 and $85 a month. Which, I mean, if you live in town, you get a water bill. You, you know, every, every time you flush, that you're paying for that flush. Um so you may be paying monthly this 75 to 85 dollars but you know that your your sewer your septic is someday going to fill and you're going to have to put a new one in and he said new ones can cost anywhere from I think he said $6700 on the low end up to $30,000 depending on what you need on the high end and you may have only had the $6,700 one before, but oh, now you don't have as much space. So now you've got to go to a higher system, and this next one could cost you a lot more. So you divide that over the years of paying the $85, and, you know, plus you don't have to worry about, you don't have to worry about being away from your well so far anymore. Exactly. Because you don't need that. Yep. So I was just wondering, if you would connect up, the connection will be, they're going to bring it to the corner of your property. Yes. You will be responsible to dig that hole from your pro- your property line to the line between your home and your septic tank. Correct. And then that's where they're going to connect in. It'll be outside in the yard. Yes. Um, then we're going to have all these septic tanks sitting around that's not that are not getting used. Right. Does, do you have to do anything like fill them in with sand or pump them out and make sure there's nothing left in them or any they'll, of that? They'll just dry out. 
Okay. The worms will have a feast. Okay. <laughs> okay. That's a pretty graphic image that's now burned in my head permanently. Uh, sorry about that. That's yeah, okay. That's so, all right. This line. Hope you've had breakfast. <laughs> yeah, I have now. This line, you could actually, if you wanted to, you could actually dig it and do it yourself. If your neighbor has a little backhoe or something, you you. Probably as long as you'll get the specifications of what it, how deep it needs to be and all this, blah, 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 blah. (laughs) You know, so you could do it yourself. Um, He said a lot of times like five or six neighbors will go together and hire somebody right there to do. They're going to do all of them at once. So it saves the price that makes the price a little bit lower. Um, Or you just are going to have to go hire a contractor to come and do it for you right um and that's basically the way he anticipates you being connected up and you won't have a charge to be connected you you'll be determining who you want to do it and how you want to do it on your own and that means you could do it with no no cost to yourself yes so i mean it just depends on i don't know if i have Enough grandsons <laughs> to I dig. To, yeah, I have to make David come up from South Carolina. He can help the boys up here dig the trench. But, there you go. Yeah. So, um, and people, we had twenty-two speakers. Um, several of them really just asked questions. Yes. Um, you know, there there were very few that were opposed to it. That actually, you know, I know one guy talked and and said that. He was worried. He thought it might be optional that you could hook on or you don't have to hook on. But since it's going to be mandatory that you hook on, he's afraid that older people, senior citizens who live on a fixed income, a tight budget, um, you know, we might be pricing them right out of their house and they won't be able to stay there. Um, If you're in that situation and you're around the lake, I suggest you start saving your money now. So you, you have, you know. Well, and and around the lakes, I will say this. I know of two homes that are not habitable hmm. because the septics have failed. Yeah. And they can't get a septic permit. They can't sell the house. <laughs> and and so yeah. their their house is worth zero right now. And a lady spoke. One of the ladies that spoke yes. bought a property on Hawk Lake. And unbeknownst to her... Uh, she can't get a septic, so she can't she can't live in the house that she purchased. Um, so those are some of the issues that we're facing on the lakes uh, from not only Lawrence Lake to Latonka, but Hawk is down around Culver. So, right. Yeah. Uh, we've got that issue down there also. I, I well, I remember the surveyor <laughs> was through an inheritance ended up with a piece of property on Hawk Lake. And he tried everything he could. He actually tried to buy property across the street that he could put it in uh, and was unsuccessful uh, on that. So, I mean, and unfortunately, they're like the lowest man on the totem pole. There's only 13 homes there. So it's not not a big problem, which means it's a very small project but it's still going to be costly and those 13 homes won't be able to bear that cost correct 
Um, so they're going to have to be hooked in with another project, right? Um, to make make it feasible for them. But um, you know, people really just uh, Lake. We had people from Lake Latonka. Yes. They they spoke. Uh, they had questions. I mean, they just put in some new roads in there and made an improvement, and they were fearful that you got the you know come down and tear up the new road we just put in, and they said we typically stay off of the roadways. We can um, we'll put the pipe in alongside, and if we have to go under the road, we will bore it under the road. We won't tear up the road to go through. So um, that. That was some concern for them. Um, I thought it was really interesting. Nelson Chipman, the prosecuting attorney. I'm, in fact, he came in. I'm like, why is he here? It's not in his district. But he lives at the condominiums at Pretty Lake. Oh, yeah. We talked about that yesterday on the, the talk show. Yeah. Uh, Mike Delp called in. Oh, yeah. Um, Jim and I were talking about that. And that the originally those condos had chosen not to come in on the sewer and now right. they desperately need that because they're in trouble in that way so they um are currently pumping hauling yeah. weekly at a cost of eleven hundred dollars every week, week. and yep. that is shared between the 34 units that are out there yeah. which they they would love to hook onto the pretty lake system yes but there's also there's a golf view system for a proposal down the road which is across the street, to come in. And if, if we could hook into that project, we'd be happy. But he definitely wanted his voice to be heard that he was in favor yes. of the, the regional sewer district. So uh, that was another one. I know Debbie Palmer, who she has a, a position at Lake Max and Cucky. Yes. Um, and she spoke last night and talked about it's not so much the septic, but the water that we're going to be, say, you know, protecting and saving. And actually, when she got done talking, she got an applause. Yeah, she yeah. she was the only one that got an applause. <laughs> the whole night. <laughs> so congratulations, Debbie. I really wanted you guys to go, okay, of those standing in here, how many are in favor and how many are opposed to get a hand raised? Yeah. Because I know people had questions and they were answered, but... I didn't feel like that it was un ungodly against this project. I really felt people were open-minded to it, yeah. needed more information, but, um, and, the, and some were totally supportive of it. People understand that the, the commissioners and the county is in a tough spot. We realize it's going to cost a lot of money. We realize that there's a monthly cost. There's a hookup expense whether you pay it out of pocket or you dig the trench and hook it up yourself but it if we just keep kicking the can down the road it's not going to get any less expensive and you're going to you know it has been said it's not if your system fails it's when it fails yeah. because the soil conditions in marshall county in the densely populated areas like we have around the lakes, like we have in subdivisions, um, you couldn't put a septic in some of those areas today because of the county codes, which match the state codes. Now, Jim had a good question yesterday. Um, the 
commissioners, county government is not involved in this. It's all going to be the board. That is choose. And you mentioned one time that you could get involved. Yes. The other thing he brought up is what if somebody doesn't pay their bill? Then that is up to the um, trustees would be able to because they will become their own legal entity. Okay. Um, as um, as positioned by IDEM, Indiana Department of Environmental Man- Management, will allow those trustees then to file a lien on the property. Okay. That was his question because he said, how, how else would you enforce that? Yes. If somebody, maybe the, you'd have to get involved, but they will be able to take yes, care of that. Yes, they will be. Okay. They'll have legal authority as the trustees. Okay. It, it was very interesting. Yes. Um, I got a lot more information out. Um, and, and it ended on a, on a positive note. Before the two hours. Yes, it did. There were, we had 22 people speak. We got them all taken care of. Um, and we still had time left over. Yes. That was a good thing. But I, you know, you just, I couldn't get the feel. I, I, yeah. Are, are, is this, are they in favor or are they against, you know, there really wasn't there. I thought there would be some more like cheering uh applause when you know somebody said something and then like that grumbling underneath when somebody else said something oh yeah they're just yeah you know right there wasn't any of that no there wasn't i was very impressed with the crowd i I was too definitely yep very pleased full house yes (laughs) so anyway that now the commissioners will make a make a determination uh in march on rather to submit the petition to IDEM or not, which at this point I would certainly think that, especially because of this public hearing, there was not an overwhelming stop the you know yeah. stop the bus I want to get off right something like that. And um, let me say one more thing that Ken mentioned. Um, I think it was brought up in the ism in the presentation that if you had just purchased your house and you have a working septic system and you are in the the first area let's say lawrence you live at lawrence lake you just bought the house and you have a working septic system that is passable then uh, you can apply for a waiver once that sewage district gets done in your area and you know once they do that then they could be allowed up to a 10-year waiver is what ken said at the meeting so it's not like um, you're being forced to do something um, right then and there if your septic system is working. Well, uh, there was a gal who talked. Um, I think they moved in south on the south end of Plymouth. Right. Um, like last year or the year before, um, the owners had just put in a brand new septic system. Yes. And so they were excited. They were getting this house with a brand new septic. You weren't going to have to worry about that. And um, they wanted to know what would happen. And they said, if the project gets to you before it's 10 years old, then you can you can file for an exemption. Yes. Um, and then after that 10 years, you can file for another five-year exemption. And it has to be tested yes. and passed. And then if it passes at that five-year exemption, you can get another five-year exemption. Yes. So you can actually have 20 years Correct. before you'd have to hook on. Yes, because that is 
the, ex, the expected life of any septic system, and, and that's the ones installed now. We're not talking about the over a thousand that are undocumented. Right. Um, it, the expected life expectancy is twenty to twenty-five years. I've lived in my house. Yeah, you over, and me both. Over twenty years. Yes. <laughs> Uh, we'll see yes but uh, you know if you have questions um i wish to put it that put that in the meeting i'll i'll find that information make it available and put it on on that story okay Um, because you can call you can email yes um to uh, ken jones and i mean they've had lots of conversations with individuals uh, about the project and and where your location and that kind of stuff. Yeah, if you if um, you weren't in attendance last night, you did not miss the opportunity to have your comments heard. You can email, you can phone call. They will record all those and include it with what is going to IDEM. Exactly. Um, so, okay, now we got to take a different hat on. Okay, <laughs> we're going to, to yesterday morning's meeting now. Uh, so. We start out, oh, we actually, gosh darn it, I need you to get me that paperwork. Oh, I can do that. Okay, good. Um, Not on the agenda. I I went off script. You did. And I I didn't ask Kevin until the night before, very late. (laughs) Um, uh, We got a notice through the Indiana Department of Homeland Security that this week is EMA Director's Appreciation Week. And so I um, sent Kevin an email, and I said, I'd like to put ask Clyde to come in and be the first thing on our agenda so we could recognize him for all of his uh, efforts that he does on behalf of the county. Um, because without an EMA director and without that communication to uh, Indiana Department of Homeland Security, we would not be eligible for federal funds or state funds mm-hmm. uh, for relief in like floods, tornadoes, uh, natural disasters. And so we have to have certain things in place that Clyde is in charge of. And so we do training. We do, uh, you know, he's just done, especially this past two weeks uh, with the uh, winter storm Landon, um, posting road closures, and then with the floods, the the road closures, the high water, he communicates great with uh, Jason uh, Peters out at the highway department who keeps him informed, who then puts it on the app and keeps everybody informed. Uh, there was a gentleman there from um, REMC um, who said yes, and then we take that information off the app and put it on the trucks so our trucks know what roads you know are stay away from that you can't go down that road um and and so people are using it just the way that we hoped they would and so i recognized clyde and thanked him Mm -hmm. for uh, everything he's done for the county and uh he was he was kind of got i think (laughs) it was good he's like do i I need to bring some boxes (laughs) yeah am i getting called on the carpet or what (laughs) yeah so that was really nice um and next on, well, before we leave there, yes. let's talk about the app for a minute again, just to encourage people who have a smartphone or tablet to to download this app. Marshall County, Indiana. Go to the app store on your phone, Marshall County, Indiana, and download it. 
And then it's free, and no you cost. Can, and you can click once you're in it, you can determine the notifications that you get. So if you don't want a notification at 3 a.m. from National Weather Service that it's going to storm, uh, you can click that off. Um, you, you have various options on what kind of notifications you get. But it is important because that's where they are pushing the information. Now, I will tell you. And this is what kind of a guy Clyde is. He puts out this notice, a push alert, and it's like, okay, I'm reading it. Okay, okay. Oh, my goodness. It keeps going. And it keeps going. And it keeps going. It's like, ugh, crap. I don't want to type all that. And it's it's in the push alert. I can't get that. To copy to and paste. Yes. Yeah. And so I, can you put it in an email and send it to me? And he does. Yep. So that we can get it. You know, the media can get it and get it posted up, too. Exactly. Um, but, yeah, uh, get the app. Uh, you know, I I, try, I take all of the alerts, but it doesn't wake me up in the night. No, it doesn't wake me up either. <laughs> I, I'm, too, I'm too sound asleep by the time my head hits that pillow. And you, it also, um, if you couldn't attend last night's meeting, we live streamed last yeah. night's meeting. And you could have watched live meeting um, by clicking on the commissioner's. And it, it was there for viewing. It's there today um, because okay. we recorded it. So it's for the next 30 days. That information is up um, for your viewing. So you can hear all the comments. Um, you can hear Ken's explanation. And so Marshall County, Indiana is the app. Um, download it to your phone. Like Kathy said, it's free. It's great information about the county. There's lots of links there um, that Ward and Clyde have put out there. Um, so it's not just all about county government. There are other resources there. I'm checking this. <laughs> Watch meeting live. Yeah, they they haven't got it posted up yet that you can see it live. Okay. Um, so you're going to have to. Well, Larry Snyder was in charge of copying and, and burning um, or whatever he does to make a flash <laughs> drive to send to IDEM. So, yeah. Um, he may be doing that now before it becomes available. Yeah, because they don't have the drainage board or the commissioner's meeting up yet either. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. But it's really nice. You can go to that phone app. So I can actually, like, go to that phone app and I miss the meeting, but I can watch the meeting and be in South Carolina and still attend and write my news stories. Off yeah, so exactly. I wish some other communities, like the city of Plymouth, would. <laughs> do there so that i mean you gotta well, it's kinda, you can watch it but you can't go back at your convenience and watch it well it's kind of like when when tuesday mornings come and i want to hear what kevin is saying about me volunteering me to be on the radio <laughs> next week because you guys are all going to be gone and so i have to listen to the podcast and find out that i'm volunteered again <laughs> <laughs> there you go so Okay, also from the commissioner's meeting yesterday morning, uh, Jason Peters, County Highway Department. Um, I got the whole report. Holy cow. Yes, from him. So let's see. I don't even get that. There there were uh, some road cuts. Two road cuts. Nothing, nothing earth-shattering no. there, actually, which was really nice. Yep. Um, Jason talked... Uh, about two bridges, uh, two projects that were uh, after the budget. So in the budget process last year, 
they had put some money in for doing bridge projects. Yes. But these projects weren't on that list. Correct. So they, they he's going to need money to do these two bridge projects. Right. One is bridge number one on Ewell Trail. The other one is... I don't know. <laughs> Replace the structure here for this one, but he doesn't even say what the site. Elm Road. Yep. Small structure there. Uh, replacement. And so I told you guys that there, you know, he's going to have to get some more money uh, to get those two bridges done. But he's working on that. He gave a, a, a really detailed review from the storm uh, coverage of... You know, where guys were, uh, how many got, you know, when they were working, when they got off, when they came in. I mean, it was, it was long. And I'll tell you, on Friday night, we went to Swan Lake for the Plymouth Race Banquet for the racetrack. And going out was fine. Coming home, I can't tell you how drifted yeah, that Yeah, just in that was. short time. Yeah, we, Jim was like, wow. He goes, I, I can't believe these drifts. Yeah. And when we got home, our son wasn't there. <laughs> he had to go out and do some work. Yeah, so, there you go. Uh, yeah, he he just, he uh, you know, they, they worked hard to keep roads open yes. and to keep it safe. Um, he also asked you that he has found four pickup trucks that used, he would like. Used pickup trucks. Yep. He would like to purchase them to update some pickup trucks that he already has in the fleet. Yes. And so he asked for uh, approval to purchase the trucks. These four trucks would be $104,200. And they are at Linkaway Auto Body. So actually they're from a local buyer. Which is kind of nice. You're supporting local very, right. very much. Um, and so he was asking for approval to move forward with that. And and, and used pickup trucks that have 100,000 miles or less are so rare and hard to find. <laughs> um, new pickup trucks are hard to find. Um, and, and so uh, he had driven two of them. He was going to check out the other two. And evidently they worked out for what we need them for. And so you gave him the nod. Yes. Now he has to go to county council and ask for Yes, that. appropriation. Very good. Uh, next on the agenda was Janice uh, Holiday from Older Adult Services. She was there for her quarterly report. That um, you guys now, things have kind of changed. And Because NDOT. <laughs> yes. And so she didn't used to have to do this quarterly stuff. She'd come when she was buying a vehicle and get permission. But other than that. Yeah. Now we have to file a report um, that has to be approved. Um, I don't know if if Kevin has to approve it and then it goes to NDOT or, or it, somewhere in there, Kevin's involved. And so Kevin mentioned that all the emails he's been getting from NDOT <laughs> and Janice and uh, the person at NDOT really likes email. <laughs> so anyway, she just was there to, you know, she said, we, we can't buy any vans right now. Um, we actually have a couple of buses on order, and now they're telling us there's an 80% chance that they won't get buses either. Yeah. So it's it's really a mess right yeah, our, now. Yeah, our, our fleet is aging mileage-wise with older adult services. Fortunately, they've kept them in good repair, and so it's not like they're driving a, a rust bucket, um, but 
they are due to be replaced. And she said maybe 2023. But there's no promises right now. She also said that you know, they were short-staffed. So yeah. if there's somebody listening, uh, it, it's, it typically is a, a, an older gentleman that does it, somebody who's recently retired that right. doesn't want, you know, they, they want to still be active. Right. Um, so if you're looking for a job like that, you you don't have to be male either. You can be female. Mm -hmm. um, and you're basically familiar with the county. Um, and you want to be a bus driver, it does, I mean, you have to communicate with people and you have to help people go to Walmart, get their groceries. I, I don't know how it works exactly. Yeah, I'm not sure either. From, it, But give Janice a call. Yeah. She'd love to talk to you if you're yep. seeking um, a part-time job, maybe. Um, they're looking for drivers. Their, their, yeah. their driver rate or their rider rate is up, but compared to last year but last year was covid so you know everything's probably up uh so um she's excited about that yes um let's talk about ty adley uh the plan commission i, I was i was really shocked because i attended online the meeting where they looked at your recommendations you guys wanted to make some changes um, you wanted to make sure there was like some grandfathering in and um, sent the, the ordinance back to have the plan commission make it more of what you were asking for. And, and the plan commission um, listened to our concerns. Of course, Stan is the president, Stan Klotz, Commissioner Klotz, is the president of the plan commission. So um, he represents Kevin and I. And so they looked at what we had requested, which, which was um, just keeping a storage um, container as an accessory um, and, and not doing a separate thing for storage containers. Um, the concern that um, we started hearing was, well, if you do that, then you're allowing um, somebody in McQueen's to bring in a storage container. Uh, somebody in, you know, a, a subdivision uh, south of town, Southfield, or, you know, somewhere down there. Um, and so that's where we, they brought it back in its original form. So we had already mm -hmm. had a public hearing on this. Um, and several months ago. Several months ago. I think it was November of last year. And so we'd already had the, the first meeting public hearing and we passed it on the first reading and um so it came back in its original form no changes and we passed it on second reading um given that if a person or persons has um storage containers that there are used for construction for um storage um all you have to do is go to the plan commission and seek a variance. And so we're, we're not going out and looking for storage containers that are in violation. We are simply trying to clean up and keep the county clean of uh, a storage container that sets five feet off the road and blocks views. Um, and, and so there's some other guidelines and I, 
you know, I didn't bring the ordinance with me, but so we passed it on second and then um, voted to suspend rules and passed it on the third reading. So hopefully it's done. <laughs> Finally. There are there are some rules in there though. I believe like um, they they don't want them to get in that rusty yes. appearance. So they have to be painted like same color the, as the residents yeah. or the other buildings. Yeah, some of that that, they, that you're going to have to you know take care of it. Yep. Um, and if they get a complaint from a neighbor, so there are setback requirements. If you get, if they get a complaint from a neighbor, they're going to come out and investigate. Um, more than likely, they're going to give you a variance because those things you just can't. Exactly. I mean, you can't just move them yourself. Yeah. Um, I I don't even I, I don't even know like a tow truck. I. I you'd have to have that, a a, sure. a a roll off like semi, tow truck semi yeah. um, type deal to even get it off the ground. To to move it so. Yeah. Uh, pretty much that's like it's there. That's where it's going to stay. Yeah. Exactly. Situation. Um, so there are there are requirements uh, to have them <gasps> permitted. So yes, but at least yeah, it's done with now. Yes, that's been going on for a long time. Yes, Laura Walls, uh, the CEO of the Marsh County Economic Development Corporation, was there <coughs> um, at, for her quarterly report, and she talked about um, she had been there actually just. In January, yes, and and kind of gave you a little, little bit about what's happening. Um, so she was there to highlight twenty twenty one, and believe it or not, I mean, we had over three hundred new jobs <gasps> created. Yeah, which That's is amazing. A lot of jobs, yes, um, and we had total investment in this county. Uh, for capital investment of over $80 million. Which is fantastic. So that is a lot of companies expanding um, and some new stuff coming in. But, um, you know, we know with COVID, everybody was really concerned about what was going to happen. Um, she also gave you guys a little bit of an update and, and kind of like a almost needed applause for this. The... Um, manufacturing center that was built out in front of the jail on the corner there um they did the closing so that building yes. is gone uh divert owns that building now and they are they have been working actually since in december uh, prior to closing uh, because they are very they're pushing to get this project going yeah they'd like to be open and in production by the end of uh, march first of april very good. Um, and so that is one of those invest new investments that we have coming in. And they actually are going to be hiring uh, over time 55 new employees. Um, and their average hourly wage is $30.48 an hour. Nothing to sneeze at. Uh, no, not at all. Uh, so Especially you, Rusty. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely don't want to sneeze at that without any question. Um. And she talked a little bit about the labor um, and the numbers when it came in in December that the unemployment rate for Marshall County was 0.9%, not even one full percent of unemployed. Um, 
and you guys talked a little bit about that of how do we entice new business to come here if we we don't have many people that can work for them right and and she explained that um one of the tools in her uh toolbox is we have a county just to the west who has uh higher unemployment and so we can draw uh typically she draws a circle around um, plymouth economic development park of 30 miles because people will drive 30 miles um, to get to work, uh, especially around here, because it only takes 30 minutes, 30 miles, 30 minutes. Um, you know, if that was in Indianapolis, no way, Jose. <laughs> um, but around here, that that is very feasible. So uh, that's what she uses to entice new business um, and, and points to those numbers. Um, so that's very good. Yeah, you guys talked a little bit about it's great to have that number so low and then it's bad to have that number so low exactly <laughs> we, we have to keep bringing in workers to the workforce in order to entice new businesses to come and be a part of our manufacturing and industry yeah so uh next on the agenda was the marshall county park and recreation department and deb vandermark was there she's the secretary uh of the committee um, and basically, she, she was requesting permission to apply for a grant that she's already applied for. Yeah, we get these um, grant application notices, and they don't always cons uh, coincide with the commissioner's meeting dates or the council meeting dates. And so it's one of those deals where you ask forgiveness rather than permission. Um, and, and so she applied for the grant and was awarded, it was a $5,000 grant okay. to do a feasibility study of uh, kayak and canoe launches uh, along the river. And, and so, um, and with that money, and I forget the name of the company that did it. Yeah. Arrowhead. Thank you. Yes, something. Um, and they were awarded 4000 of the $5,000, and so that's great news. And so they'll be doing feasibility studies on where... Uh, to possibly launch uh, kayak and canoe, and Kevin uh, oh, yes. brought up. He mentioned that um, he's been, bum you know, USI, harassed or whatever. Yeah, about. and USI has. Uh, we're we're looking at some bridges doing this summer. Uh, one in particular down on Eleventh Road, and um, when we redo the bridge, they are also looking at the possibility uh, after the bridge is done or in coexistence with that bridge construction building a kayak and canoe launch so uh, we're we're very much aware of what is needed what is wanted and will be used um, we're also doing the same thing over in bremen uh, mm -hmm. with that um, site and, and so um, you know i, I also want to say um, during this flood uh, the yellow river because of the work that uh, Craig Coltice and the drainage board have done on the Yellow River, I expected that river to be across Jefferson Street like it used to be. Uh, yes. <laughs> and and it hasn't, um, and knock on wood, um, because, you know, it's raining out there today. Um, but, you know, because of that work and the cleanup that's been done, uh, we have not seen um, the, the f historic flood flooding that we have right. had in the past um it, it, that's a good thing honestly i think i think we're headed in the right direction yes and the one thing uh that was talked about on these when we're doing these bridge projects especially the federal ones 
if you throw in a canoe kayak oh, launch, yeah. it makes it red tape. Yeah, way too complicated. Yep. So some of it would be like, okay, when you leave, leave that flat area over there and leave that stone on yep. there. That can be a parking yes. area. Yes. You know, and then we'll have somebody else grade the rest of it down there or whatever. Correct. But here's the area where we're going. So you're going to work with the contractor. Yes. But he's not going to do the work because it's right. not included in the federal funding. Correct. So um, everybody kind of working together to yep. to do some of these, and and that was a good thing. Yes. Uh, next up was Marshall County Fiber and Surf Broadband Solutions. They wanted to do a little bit of a presentation for you guys. You know, here you have two um, what would be on paper two competitors working together for the benefit of the county and that you know that governor holcomb and um has repeatedly said we need to get more broadband available in our rural areas um because let's face it e-learning has become almost a you know at least once a week uh event around us um and continues to be used uh, by the schools as a learning tool, whether you like it or not. Um, but here we have um, the Surfair and um, I call it RTC. It's it's REMC working with uh, right. Yeah, and, and so they did a presentation, and, and like I said earlier, part of the ARP funding can be used for broadband expansion. And so what the commissioners are preparing to do in a resolution is to give each of these companies $500,000 to help underwrite the construction cost of installing um, this uh, broadband and make it available in the town of Culver, um, south of Culver, out in the rural area of Culver and around the lake, um, down around uh, Burr Oak. Uh, that area and Latanka is a real dead zone as far as that area goes. Uh, and, and so, and also Lawrence Lake, the same area we're talking about, the regional sewer district right. starting, uh, would also be a uh, much needed and planned project uh, for these two going together to do this. And it's interesting because they are working together. So, um Rochester Telephone, whatever they're called. Yes. They're, no, it's Surf. Surf is actually doing the town of Culver. Right. But Marsh County Fiber from REMC is going to do the the east side where it's not in the town. It's country. Yes. It's the rural part of it. They're going to share and do that part of it. And so, you know, they know, you know, Surf is going to do the more congested area. They're going to do the more rural areas, and they're working together um, on projects and and, and helping. He's like, like, hey, I can't do this one. Can you get to it? Exactly. Um. So and and we talk about surf and, and we talk about Marshall County Fiber, but REMC or uh, Rochester <clears throat> Telephone RTC that yeah. that's involved too up yes. here in our county. Correct. And so. Um, taking a, a million dollars of the almost nine million dollars, sinking it into fiber is exactly what uh, was requested to be done with those funds. Correct. 
And so that's kind of a neat thing. And I will tell you, the town of Culver definitely needs it. <laughs> I try to watch their meetings online. Ay, ay, ay. I'm like, there have been times I've gotten so frustrated, just shut it off. Yeah. Forget it. I can't get anything. When they're talking, and then they go out for a minute, and then they come back on. Like, well, I have no clue what it was. So we're going to take a vote now. <laughs> goes away. You know, so um, they definitely need it. They just don't have good good service down there. So I'm really excited for that one. Um, and I'm really excited. So you guys pledged it to them yesterday. Yes. You know, it'll be official coming up in a resolution. Right. Uh, and then it'll, it'll go to the county council. <laughs> Asking for an appropriation out of the, we've received half of the nine million, um, and, and so we'll receive an appropriation out and get that to those two companies. And we're expecting that other half to, in just another month or two Correct. to come in. So, yes. um, and and the idea is is <laughs> we've we've sat on it and held it. Fortunately, it's gaining some interest while it's yes. sitting there, um, but. You know, the idea is not just to hold this money. The idea is actually to get this money out and help as many people as possible. Correct. So, And this benefits, going back to uh, Laura Walls, by having broadband expansion in our county, it makes the county more attractive to individuals coming in to live in our county. Um, you know, because they, they may come from Indianapolis or Chicago or someplace where they have uh, live streaming availability, and all of a sudden they come to rural America, um, <laughs> and, and we've got, you know, just something better than dial-up. <laughs> yes. In some cases, that's yeah. it's just a little bit better than dial-up. Yep. Um, and it the whole idea is to get to... The commissioners wanted to get to some of those places where they're kind of off the beaten path, but we need they need service just like everybody else. Correct. And so And it's a benefit to the schools to have those students have that access, you know, and, and not having them miss out, uh, not having their parents have to drive them into the library <laughs> or, you know, the the, yep. the lodge or someplace where there's internet access. Um, next up on the agenda was our county attorney, Jim Clevenger. Um, he actually presented uh, an agreement uh, that would dismiss the ACLU lawsuit against the county that's been hanging around for forever a few years. Since 2019. When we, when we did run into a severe overcrowding <coughs> issue. We had over 300 uh, inmates in our jail, and um, there was a meeting that was called, and a, a very productive meeting uh, called, I, I think Judge Bowen was involved, um, Nelson Chipman was involved, of course the sheriff was involved, um, the commissioners were involved, I wasn't on that original meeting, um, and county council, county had, council representation. had representation, and so everyone said, we need to fix this. And so um, Judge um, Colvin then went uh, and petitioned down at state for our fourth court. That came about. We looked at adding on to the jail. Um, and RQAW came in with a, with a quote. Um, and we 
implemented uh, new procedures uh, throughout the sheriff's office and the deputies of how to handle. And, you know, as of, I think, yesterday, we were down to like 163. And the stipulation on the agreement is that we will continue, which we have been doing ever since the lawsuit was filed. We send to them on a monthly basis our total jail count of inmates. And so we need to continue to do that on a monthly basis until July of 2022. That's and, not that far away. No. And by the time all of this paperwork gets done, which doesn't happen overnight, um, because, because it's, it's a federal, federal. Yep. case, um, it'll probably be July 2022. And, and so we are going to be very uh, cognizant of our jail count. And if it gets up towards 200, we have agreements with both Elkhart County and Fulton County to take prisoners. Um, we also uh, have contacted um, state legislatures, uh, our, our Mishler and, and uh, Jack Jordan, um, because we've got some prisoners that are awaiting transportation down to Indianapolis. And that's, you know, I don't know if it's five or if it's 10. Uh, I, I doubt if it's any more than 10, but anyway, um, we get those numbers out of there. And so everybody is working together. Everyone's aware of the situation. And hopefully it goes away. By that J July date. So <coughs> that'll be a good thing. Yes. <laughs> um, he, he also talked, um, we did have a death in the jail. Um, and so that triggers, you know, an investigation yes. of that death. Um, which involves also doing an autopsy to, for the cause of death. Um, but uh, the county attorney has notified our representative at Bliss McKnight, and they, in turn, will begin their own investigation to determine how this gentleman died in the Marsh County Jail. Right. Um, and so... The autopsy's been done but not released yet, is my understanding. So uh, there will be more information coming forth. Just... Another one, just another day in paradise, isn't exactly. it? Exactly. <laughs> um, he also talked a little bit about the jail bond uh, refunding. Um, there, there is some um, consideration on, on, you know, refunding the current jail bonds um, where you could save uh, over $250,000 a year until 2027 is what we have to pay out. So they... They'd actually be able to save quite a bit of money if they refund the bonds. Um, there was some discussion, I guess, yesterday that he said that some of the numbers are floating up, so we might not save as much and everything. Plus, there there's some opposition on the council of not moving forward, and actually a commissioner, I believe, of not moving forward with this because of legislation that we have down in Indianapolis that would allow us to enact the is it jail keep jail, keep jail lit. yeah yeah keep the current tax that we have although it would be changed over and it would be instead of for paying the bonds for the jail it would actually be for paying the daily operational costs for the jail which we're currently using part of those funds now for that purpose uh to the tune of about 200 no two million i yep. think two million yes. Uh, in operational cost. Um, and, and so 
we can't play we can't pay the bond off early because if we do that the special lit tax sunsets when the bond is pay off so that the county council and the county commissioners passed a resolution and we sent it to uh, mr. Mishler and mr. Jordan to take to legislation now what we have heard is that it wasn't going to get presented because it next year's the budget year and they wanted in a budget session i don't know if that remains true i've also heard from others uh the county council members who have talked to down at state that it may get thrown in as an amendment on some of these bills um we're getting close to the end of this short session down at state um it was mentioned yesterday that they want to get out of town before the Big Ten tournament starts in Indianapolis so those rooms can go at a higher rate to those people. Um, so I we're getting close to that deadline. Uh, so that's why um, Attorney Clevenger motioned or mentioned that we, we hold off until the next council meeting uh, to review this uh, refunding process of the jail bond to see where we're at rate-wise where we're at with the uh, resolution at getting passed, and where we are on bond payoff. Very good. Thank you. I think you did your homework. Or <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the final little thing um, that was approved, but it, to some people it won't be little, uh, is a resolution for veterans' burial markers. The um, Historically, if, if you go out to the cemetery... Uh, you will see veterans markers that are placed at the gravesite um, by those who have served uh, our country um, and our county, obviously. And the the county government has paid typically paid in the past seventy five dollars per marker. Well, we heard from the funeral directors that that cost has increased, and we need to increase if we're willing to do that. Uh, up to a hundred dollars so that we if can if you wouldn't the funeral director would add that onto the bill yes for the family yes and so we we passed a resolution increasing that from 75 to a hundred dollars so that the county will continue to provide veterans markers and we get billed from the funeral directors and then we pay that bill so i thought that was really nice of them yeah. to move that up it was interesting, though, when you asked, like, well, how, how many are there? How many do we do here? Nobody, nobody knew nobody the answer to that. that. Yeah. So. Yeah. Mm, okay. uh, maybe a funeral director question more than a Julie question. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <clears throat> um, but anyway, and then there was uh, no comments. Under Was there any comments under public hearing? There was one oh, comment, there was one. Um, and it was about the storage container and uh that person was directed to go upstairs with Mr. Klotz um, to arrange for a variance hearing. Exactly. So it was taken care of. We thought I thought maybe there was going to be some opposition for the regional sewers uh, discussion, but there wasn't any. So no meeting got over with, and I got back here after eleven o'clock. There you go, and came back at five thirty. Yeah, yeah, to a full house. All right. <sighs> All right. So anyway, thank you, Mike, for coming in and filling You're in. very welcome. Thank you for covering everything. You guys do a great job for us. Oh, we try. We do what we can. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All break. right. Why don't we take a break? We'll do that. And we'll come back and wrap things up.
the Belmart BP station at the corner of Michigan and Jefferson Streets in downtown Plymouth not only provides BP fuel to keep you moving down the road, but they can also keep you moving throughout the day. Some gas can cause nasty dirt deposits to build up on critical engine parts, dragging your fuel economy down and leading to unexpected trips to the mechanic. All grades of BP gasoline have Invigorator, a cleaning agent that helps defend your engine against dirt to give you more miles to the tank, and that means more easy going for you. And how about the fuel you put in your own tank? The Belmart BP station has Gatorade Thirst Quencher, two for $3.50, or the new Buy a Boost. It's a Wonder Water, a plant-based energy drink, two for $4. Check out the Belmart Coffee Bar with hyper-caffeinated Jamaica Me Crazy, Blueberry Muffin, or Decaf Coffee. Plymouth Belmart BP opens at 4 a.m. for all you early birds. Are you looking for a new hauler for trash removal? When you choose Apex Waste, there's no long-term contracts, no hidden fees, no taxes, and no hidden cost. What they say is what you pay. Apex Waste is not only a local, family-owned and operated company, but a company dedicated to reliable, friendly service, meeting and exceeding expectations. Call Apex Waste at 574-896-APEX. That's 574-896-2739. Kelly Blue Book is the one-stop shop for pricing, fixing, selling, and instant cash offering. Instant cash offer is exactly what it sounds like. An official offer to buy or trade your car. Woo-hoo! Just enter your VIN or license plate. Answer a few questions about your car's history and what kind of condition it's in. In minutes, you'll receive an offer to sell or trade your car that you can be sure is fair. Then choose a dealer to purchase your car and schedule a time to meet. For all of the it's, kbb.com. or text 574-307-6647 and be a part of the show. Now let's get back to What's Your Opinion on WTCA and Plymouth, Indiana. All right. Where am I? Let me see. Where are you? Plymouth, Indiana. I figured it out. 112 West Washington Street. In Plymouth. In the WTCA studios. <laughs> the massive, sprawling complex. <laughs> yes. 
Uh, we're not sprawling. We go up instead of yeah. sprawl out. Straight up. 75 floors. Exactly. What a great building. Rusty's got a, a little bit more to do. Yeah. But um, Greg Hildebrand will be on the show tomorrow. And then i got to check this and make sure I did it right. That I, that I, that I did it right. Checking, checking, you checking. You did it yep. right. Thursday, February 24th. Uh, Angie Rupp, Chuck Schaefer will be our guest. We'll be talking about the results of the pit count. Um, and then on Friday, we have the Plymouth Public Library. Oh, cool. So, got a full full schedule for the rest of the week. Plymouth Library. Yes. Um, but right now, we have some birthdays oh. and anniversaries. All right. Thank do. you. Thank you for segueing into that for me let's wish some people a happy birthday you're going to be putting the hat you're going to be eligible for four cupcakes from Lettucer cafe also free small <clears throat> excuse me free small drink from the coffee lodge happy birthday darla velo darla happy birthday to you you're in the birthday hat oops maybe i can't reach now you're in the birthday hat and also happy birthday today to connie kleckner connie Happy you birthday, Connie. Are in the birthday Wonderful. hat. And you're eligible for four cupcakes and a lot of dessert cafe. Also, free small drink from the Coffee Lodge when we have our drawing on Friday. Now it's time for anniversaries. And if you have an anniversary this month, get it to us. We would love to put you in the drawing at the end of the month. For uh, I was about to say four cupcakes from Deaton Clements Van Gilder Funeral, but it's not cupcakes, it's 50 bucks. <laughs> From uh, Deaton Clemens. The cupcakes are are, are Lotus Art Cafe. $50 from Deaton Woo-hoo. Clemens. If you are, well, you can spend it on cupcakes, I guess. You could you, if you wanted to. If you wanted to. Yes. Have a party and have the whole family with cupcakes. But anyway, uh, now it's time to trade and post. We can buy, sell, trade, give away four items, four days, four free, as long as you're in business, bring those items. We got four tires, only 150 miles on them. They're 245, 65R17s. They'll even throw in the spares. Bonus. And they're asking 100 each for the tires. They came off uh, a 2004 Envoy. Won't run anymore, so... Got 150 miles on your tire. Well, you better believe you sell them. Uh, So it's 574-229-2992. It's 574-229-2992. And that is the trading post for today. Um, I'm just wondering how much longer are you going to read those tires until we get something else in there? No, that's so. Four. There's always something in the trading Re- post. No, remember we we didn't trying. have we didn't have a phone number for three of their I days know. last week. So <laughs> I figured we'd hit the full four. Oh, on I fi- that one. I kind of figured that you'll be reading it until something else gets. In you know, there. it's funny, Kathy. I didn't <laughs> think of that, but now that you've mentioned it, I. I I think that might become something. I don't know. Anyway, yeah. All right. All right. Well, we'll be back tomorrow morning at the same great time, same place. And we'll be talking, after Rusty and I did our little thing, Greg Hildebrand will be yes. in and we'll be talking with Greg Hildebrand. He'll be here. Yes. So uh, have yourselves a great day. We'll see you tomorrow at 9. Well, we won't literally Alex, see you. See you. You'll, you'll, you'll hear us yeah, you'll, tomorrow. Yeah, you get it. All right. See you guys. <laughs> You're listening to FM 106.1 and AM 1050, WTCA, Plymouth. This is CBS News on the Hour, presented by Indeed.com. 
I'm Deborah Rodriguez. The Biden administration is now calling Russia's troop moves on Ukraine.